Rogers took away. That's what this extra money's worth. Now, that was exactly. Oh, what's up? Welcome back. Episode 107 of Pro Pals Talk presented you by Company Burger and DraftKings. Company Burger located at 4600 Ferret Street. Uh, we're going to get right into it. Schmidt, Jarrett, Lido. Um, Schmidt, I'm going to throw it to you because you, we've gone a little bit back and forth about Jeremy Sohan. Um, you seem to be pretty big on him. Um, I'll let you have the floor. Yeah, I mean, if you if you go back to May, um, I think you guys had me on. Uh, we did one of these pods one Sunday night or something, and you're like, oh, what's your prediction for the draft? I said, they're going to draft a versatile forward, someone that can – defend multiple positions, someone who can play, make, dribble, rebound, do all these things, right? One thing David Griffin has said in the public space is that they target international players and players who know that, like, maybe can do a lot of things on the court but not necessarily shoot because they feel like shooting coach, shot coaching is an in-house strength, and they they target players from the South. So those are three things that he mentioned Sohan checks two of those three things, right? He's um, he's Polish, although he grew up in, in England, but still international. Uh, his parents are from Oklahoma. He played in Texas at Baylor, obviously. Um, and his shot is considered his biggest weakness. Other than that, he does about damn near everything you want a 6'9 forward to do. He can take people off the dribble. He can grab and go after getting rebounds. He legitimately defended five positions in college, which, you know, people talk about that in theory with a lot of players. Oh, this guy can defend all five. No, he legitimately did that. If you watch the the Kansas game, it was that whole comeback basically yeah. was sparked when he played center. And it was just him doing everything everywhere all at once. Right. Um, and, and that game is kind of the epitome of like, Man, you put the ball in this guy's hands, good things happen. He's going to score. He's going to find an open player. He he defends like crazy. And just one thing about him is that he has a ridiculous motor, yeah. kind of like Herb Jones, right? Herb Jones is everywhere, right? And I I said that uh, during that pod that we had is if you like Herb Jones, you're going to love this guy because he's 18. Well, he just turned 19 about like a week ago, right? He's one of the youngest players in the draft has what I, in my opinion, legitimate offensive upside for to be like a, a playmaking forward, especially if that shot goes down and just someone that's going to be a seamless fit in the culture from day one, you know, he's going to embrace the city in my opinion, but also just the type of guy that when you look at, okay, when Willie green is going to play this guy, Willie green is going to look down the bench be like, Hey, we need someone to come in and change the energy. Sohan's going to answer a lot of those questions that that uh, the Pelicans have been searching for in terms of like production that they need to just flip a switch. Interesting. Five. You know, before we got on the stream, you said you you were uh, on the train. I know you're you're wanting done guy and Jaden Ivy, but you said you do like Jeremy Sohan. Um, the one thing I, I will say with Schmidt, and I agree, is that he's an incredible defender. He can go one through five, uh, watching film on basically all weekend. He can handle the basketball. He can pass a little bit. Obviously, his shot is not there. But five, what do you like about him that he could bring to this team? Schmidt brought up the the Kansas game. I think that was like the epitome yeah. of him, right? There were times, yeah, say his shot didn't go down. He made r- the right read. Uh, there was one time, like they do some of some of this, the Baylor were doing some of the similar things that the Pelicans do 
the the dribble handoff and Jeremy kept a lot. Like right, it was the uh, you know it was supposed to be a dribble handoff, but he kept it. At one time he got a charge call because the guy was just set up on him. The other time it worked. Like I think that that was in the middle of their comeback. Um, I think he makes the right reads. Now his shot isn't that great, which is cool, but he makes the right read. I don't I don't get mad at missed shots. I really get mad at the the bad shot taken. Like you, yeah. he doesn't take bad shots. Like he was making the right reads. He just missed. I'm not tripping on. It. I think he has. I think he's really like a intellectual basketball player. Like I don't think he's a bad one. I know you know Chaz. If you listen to this, I know that I know that hair <laughs> isn't what you want on your team. And I, I get it, brother. But nah, this man can really play basketball. Uh, from my standpoint, I hope we don't get him at eight. If possible, can we get him later? That's Dive into that. Go in, go into that a little bit, five, because I have that same a little bit mentality. I'm not saying Sohan's a bad player at all. Yeah. I like him a lot. Do you like him enough at eight is the question. Yeah. I, you know, I'm going to piggyback off you, Shemit. Again, you say this thing where we're not going to be able to draft in the top ten for a while, right? So we have to capitalize on this opportunity. Yeah. You see this person like Sohan, and you're like, all right, you got to – you got what seven years, give or take, seven years with this player, possibly. You're like, you got to maximize this. Like, why do I need to put that pressure on him? If I can get him a little later and gain some more assets, I should do that. And you know, even Dyson and Ben Matherin, which we we probably all believe that they're gonna be gone by then if we if we move back out outside of the possible lottery, or, or this is say that outside of the top 10. Right. If we can get him there and gain another asset, I'd be cool with that. But but taking him at ten or taking him at eight, just straight up, like, well, I feel like there's there's some wiggle room. Um, but if we get him at eight, I really wouldn't trip. I, I wouldn't. I mean, I just know he'll probably be in Birmingham a lot. I just know that. <laughs> I, Bur- and Birmingham works. We we all we we've seen the the letter of the law. We've seen the trajectory of players. Birmingham works for us. It's very, very close. Players can go in and out and, and get their shots up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Lito and Schmidt, we're going to talk about trading back here later, uh, a little bit later in the pod. But Lito, you know, one thing I do like about Sohan and, and Five and mentioned it is his confidence. He kind of oozes confidence, right? He's not scared to shoot the basketball when he is open. I think in the tournament, he made it some big shots too, um, especially when, when, you know, when Baylor needed a bucket. And that's a guy, you know, Lito, I, me and you talked about this a lot, right? The Pelicans need depth in that bench and can't expect Zion to play 82 games. Can't expect B.I. to play 82 games. You need depth behind Zion. Yeah. I think he does feel that that need. Am I saying he's going to start you know, 20 games? No. But is he a guy you can plug and play? Probably so. But you know, what do you like about him um, moving forward with uh, I mean- Sohan? I like a lot about him, honestly, man. He, you know, when you hear when you hear that people can't shoot, you think that they can't score, and that's honestly not the case with him. He, right. he's a he's a very good decision maker offensively. I, I mean, I see him get steals and transition. Uh, you know, points the other way on a on a break. He rewards who's running with him. You know, your your big is leading the. In the, the break, I mean, I think he's six nine, yeah. two thirty, yeah. six nine, two thirty. I think, yeah. I mean, that was crazy. This crazy, man. Jesus Christ, go ahead. <laughs> All right, uh, he, he, I mean, he gets other players involved. Uh, I mean, shit, he's 
he's switchable, man. Like that's the thing, you know what I'm saying? You you want in a in a in a in a like Shamir Shamir was looking at Chaz. <laughs> Shamir was saying, you know, you draft you drafting for the next seven to ten years. And when you think about a guy like that, I mean, you know, he's got an NBA ready body. He can he can guard multiple positions and he's got a good motor. Shamir, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like his 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 player comp to me is is Draymond. Yes, yes, yes. It's a lot of that. It's like, bro, he makes a lot of good passes. In the Kansas game, there were uh, it was a fast break. He's leading it. It's on the left side. He gives it up just yep. to get it right back. Yeah. Yep. Saw that. It's yep. it's not. It's, it wasn't like by like default or anything. Like it was by design. Like he did yeah. that for a reason. Like I think he has really high intellectual basketball properties. I don't know who else has this. Uh, you're probably gonna go Dyson with this one, but. Bro, I, I I like the kid. I, I think he can really play chess. Yeah, they got people that look like Jeremy Sohan, but I don't know if they can play intellectually like him. Yeah, man, he he and just just to uh, he, I mean, solid rebounder, you know, a a, yeah. a cool guy. Uh he he been mentioned his motor, he, he he fucking hustles. I mean, I, I I ain't got a problem with it. I understand people don't like it at eight. And I think that's that's my problem. That's my problem. So so here's that's my problem. Go ahead. I got I got a few things. One, um, I think the Draymond comps very interesting. I think, you know, I think I like to pump the brakes when I compare anyone to a Hall of Famer uh, at any capacity. Like I think in terms of defense, Draymond is one of one. Um, Hold on, I don't don't mean to cut you off, but but can you say Draymond is a Hall of Famer one more time, please? Look, (laughs) whether you guys like it or not, he's gonna be a Hall of Famer. Hey, um, hey, 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 Reed, you heard that? He's gonna be a Hall of Famer. I'm, I, I'm I hear it. I'm about to leave. I'm about to leave this pod, bro. I gave him the whole screen. He's a but, he's a Hall of Famer, but that's like that's like you getting a fine chick because all your partners was in a group. Unbelievable. Chicks and you just so happened to be there. He just so happened to be there, bro. Can we? Yeah. I want to get off the rails. Look, look, before, before we dive into that, I. I don't know if you you at least acknowledge this is their entire defensive system was built around him for 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 this whole run for for even back before they had KD their whole defensive system was built around the fact that he can legitimately guard one through five and he did so for a long time so what whatever you feel about you know his his Hall of Fame candidacy I hope you'll grant me the fact that he is one of the best defenders in this generation. I mean, I don't. All right. Okay, cool. Now that, <laughs> now we've, said now that, now that we've said that, um, you know, I, I I do see a lot of the same offensive skills, but I really do think that, that Sohan has more scoring upside for a couple mm-hmm. of reasons. One, he flashed a pull-up mid-range game, and he made 40% of his mid-range pull-ups, which is a higher percentage <laughs> higher percentage than Ben Matherin. He also made more mid-range shots, period, than Ben Matherin. And Ben Matherin's a shooter shooter, right? Some of this is is variant. Some of it's, you know, sample size. But, like, if you've made more shots than than the shooter, like, there's something there. Um, The other thing is, like, Baylor had – I don't think Baylor recognized his talent, um, specifically with the ball in his hand, until 
it was too late, right? Until until it got to the end of the season. Um, they came in, Kendall Brown was supposed to be the guy for them. And and he was the one getting the buzz preseason. No, like I don't think Sohan was on like anyone's top 50 before the season started. Um, and then things slowly changed, and you're like, okay, wait a minute, like maybe Sohan is that dude, but they they've they typically don't like to put the ball in the hands of like their forward guys. So I think the the kind of like hey, is there upside in terms of like creation, putting the ball on the floor, that kind of stuff? What does that remind me of? I think two players. One, Boris Diaw uh, a little bit. And and if you look at like prime Boris, like he was, he was, like he was a player. Even, even like Spurs Boris, like that dude like had lost all of his athleticism at that point, but he was – I think he was a big part of their, their championship run. Yeah. Um. In in 2014, 2013 was when they lost. In 2014, when they won, I think he was a big part of like both those teams, right? Um, he enabled them to to match Miami's small ball, specifically, uh, you know, go against Chris Bosh and, and all of that. And and I think that's one comp I have. The other comp I have is you look at Pascal Siakam's first year at New Mexico State, and at that point, Siakam was like 21, I want to say 2021. 20, Point being is he was two to three years older than Sohan was this year. Uh, Sohan was 18 the whole year. And those two seasons are very, very comparable statistically. I think Siakam had the ball in his hand more and, and he scored more a little bit. I think he averaged like 12 points a game that year. So maybe like a few more points than Sohan. But if you look at like how they both stuffed the the, the ballot box there and and um, how they were able to do lots of like forwardy things, that's that's the comp that like like that's the high end offensive comp I see for Sohan because like Siakam no one treats him as a shooter but like he's had a few years shooting around thirty five percent from three it's like all right cool that's that's good enough but he was you know I think this year he went on a stretch where he was averaging like twenty seven six and six or something like that or twenty seven seven and six with just the ball in his hands when the Raptors went from like a lotto team to 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 a playoff team he was a big part of that because when he finally got healthy. That's the kind of upside I see in terms of offensive growth with him. Now, is is New Orleans the place where he's going to grow into that? Is it going to be, you know, the next couple of years? I don't know. But I, I do know that he could probably step on the court tomorrow and be one of the better defenders on the Pelicans team already and give you productive minutes. Like, I, I think every, you know, every Pelicans fans that wants Josh Hart back, I think he can give you everything Josh Hart could give you. And then some, just because he's six nine and two twenty or two thirty, whatever he is. Um, I think he's going to unlock so many different things for this team, especially when um, you know Nance's contract is up. I think they're probably going to extend Nance, but that's a good guy to learn behind because if you, I, I think I asked Chris this question. I'll, I'll pitch it to y'all. If you have Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, and Trey Murphy. As your four man unit, if you had to build a player, what skill set does that fifth player have? If you had to put a fifth player around them, rebounding. What what skill sets do you want out of that fifth player? Re- rebounding, of course. Okay. Rebounding, defense, screen. Rebound defender, yeah. Yeah. Because you're not worried about offensive, like, and like that was yeah. kind of like my next. I was going to pitch it to five of like, you know, we're talking about offense. You know, the two teams that were in the finals this year were ranked one and two in defense. And yes, that is a, an improvement the Pelicans do need to make. And Sohan does fit that. But, you know, I was going to ask this to Jarrett. Jarrett, you know, this is now a, if you're not a stretch four or five kind of guy and knocking down threes, you're not really 
I don't know. I mean, a lot of teams like that, you know, spread the floor. Do you think Vincent can fix this? And are you banking on that? And do you honestly really care if Sohan is drafted there? And like, if he doesn't develop, a, a, you know, a jump shot of three pointers, is it that big of a deal? Just look at what he already has. He's not a bad. It doesn't look bad. He's, it's not bad. And I wanted to get into that because the release, like the form, like it's a little slow. The form's a little yeah. slow, but like the, you know, the release is fine. Like, I don't yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't look bad. I mean, I just think it makes sure he's one, he's 18. The difference between right. an 18 year old playing basketball and 19 year old, it's, it's, it's very huge. stark. It's huge. It is yep. huge. And, and being able to play, I think that's why Birmingham will be very, very huge. I think. Uh, you know, getting those shots up with Fred would be huge, but learning spots, learning where those shots are going to come from, where yeah. he'll be most uh, used and being behind somebody like Larry Nance. I think that's that's a good person. Again, like that's a great person to, to learn behind, which yeah. I, would, I was hoping Jackson would just do that. because This just wouldn't even make sense. <laughs> you know, this, this, this pick wouldn't even make sense because we would have somebody, but let's just not go into that. Um, but that's that's the thing you bring up Jackson and people bring up projects, right? People bring up like, oh, Jackson was a project. We don't need to take on any more projects. And 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 I'm going to keep saying this till people stop talking about it. Is <laughs> there's different kinds of projects. Jackson was a project because he was one of the world's best athletes, and he had no clue how to play basketball. Yeah, like he he had picked up basketball at a very very late age, and he was all like, "Man, I'm seven foot. I have the mobility of a guard, and I can windmill from the free throw line." Like you know, like this. That's why you draft Jackson. It's like, all right, can we teach you how to play basketball? And we're learning after three years is like, there's limits to how fast you can teach someone to play basketball, right? Sohan is a basketball player already. He knows how to play basketball. He is way more advanced in terms of handle, way more advanced of making the right read on both ends of the floor, way more advanced. The only thing that's a project with Sohan is his shot. That's the only thing that's, that's a project with it. So you have one of the best in the business and you know, that has fixed multiple shots and Lonzo, you look at Herb Jones, who wasn't really much of a shooter. Like Herb Jones is really good. A decent shooter. Yes. I really, I really want a shirt that says I survived Fred Vincent's basketball, (laughs) like a shooting academy. Like, and then on the back it have like the names like Lonzo ball, Brandon Ingram, Tyreek Evans, you know, you know, like you could just, and then have the names like crossed out. Like, I would want that. Like Fred, you should have, Fred Vincent, if you listen to this, please have a basketball. I mean, a basketball. Seriously. A shooting academy. Something. Bro, that, I, you'd probably get more money. I don't know if money is like your thing. <laughs> I met your son in college. Didn't even know it was your son. He's probably not that great at basketball. But really cool <laughs> dude. Really cool dude. Uh, I'm just saying, you should probably think about this, Pelicans. If you, you know, you, probably, you guys probably don't even watch podcasts about your team. But. <laughs> Please have a shooting academy uh, for kids and people to learn how to shoot because we just need to, you know, increase the knowledge of uh, basketball shooting. Because he's one of the best. I I think the thing with his the thing with his shot is like I don't even necessarily think he is a bad shooter. I think the thing is just the the release, the timing of the release is what throws it off. It's slow. It's kind of slow, Lito. Like I, I learned, but we've talked about this, like. I think half like the shooting battle is confidence. Like Sohan's got a lot of confidence in his shot. So like, I don't mind it. Like, I don't think he's going to be like, he's going to be able to hit threes like in the NBA. Is it going to be this year? Probably not, but he's going to have, especially if he's got Fred Vincent in his corner, he can basically do anything. But Lito, like I want to pitch this to you. You know, we talked a lot about Sohan. 
who will be available, I think, at eight. Um, another guy who watched a lot of film on this weekend, Dyson Daniels. Um, a lot of people, we, 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 I'm going to throw Toledo, Schmidt, and then we'll go to five. I uh, have talked about, well, he reminds me a lot of Lonzo Ball. And some people think of it like that's a bad like thing. Like, I, I got, like Lonzo Ball is a good basketball player at the price that we want him. Maybe not, you know, the price that he requested. Yeah. Not that much. But if you're comparing him to Lonzo Ball, I'm okay with that. And I think he's a better guard in the half court. Way better. He can create way better. Got really good touch. Uh, once again, though, right, yeah. is he a good shooter? Looked at him. The release is there. I, I, the form seems to be there. I think Schmidt, I think he actually got better as the year progressed, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, I think he was like 40-something percent over yeah. like his last 10 games or something like that. Yeah, yeah, so he progressed as the season went on. Lito, you know, this is a guy, another kid, um, that I see that's a good fit for this team because, once again, he can really defend. He's mm-hmm. long, great passer. He's got a really good floater game. Uh, the one like negative thing is his shot, in which we know can be fixed. So the thing with him, he's what, eight, he's eighteen, I think, also nineteen. Yeah, 19. yeah, he's young. He's he's a six foot eight point guard, right? At at nineteen, he's first of all, will he be a fit for the? Will he be a good fit? Hell yeah! Like Absolutely. yeah, definitely. He's a high IQ passer. He's a playmaker. I mean, again, he's six eight, and he's nineteen. I think I don't like Shemis said it. His shooting improved throughout the year. I don't think he's a bad shooter either. I think he's just a reluctant shooter. I think I, I think that that is the like when you say like when you think of him, he has a good he has a like you said also Justin, he has a good form. Form isn't the problem. I think it's just the confidence in the shot. Yeah, those are things that can be improved on, especially at nineteen years old. Uh, especially time with Fred Vincent, like that, that'll, that'll, you know what I'm saying? That'll, that'll take care of itself. But, but the thing with him is he's a man, he's a solid, solid defender. He moves his feet well, he has quick hands. Um, he's got a ton, he's got a ton of room to grow. I mean, his ceiling is like super, super high. Um, is he gonna be ready to be like your lead guard day one? No, but again, at 19, like. Who the hell is right? Like, not not too many people. But I got one more thing. My my Shemin, I don't know how you feel about this. My I I try to give a player comp to everybody just because I was just trying to. My player comp for him is Josh Giddy. I I I can't get behind that for for a couple. Schmidt of loves Giddy, but go ahead. I love Giddy. Um, I know that's but, what I do. But so so, <laughs> the reason I can't get behind that is I think Giddy is like. Already, as as he was an 18-year-old in the league, 19-year-old in the league, I think he's one of the best passers in the league, hands down. The stuff that he sees and creates, like, only guys like Luka, Jokic, um, CP, and, and Braun, like, make those kind of passes. Like, I think he is up there with, with some of the best passes in the league. So, and I also think that Dyson is... Did he go mute? I got you. You, there you go, brother. Did Shemit go mute? You're on mute. I'll go ahead. So, anyways, um, he's on mute, but once he hops back in, but five, I was talking about this earlier. We were t- the fit, right? The fit with Dyson Daniels. Could you imagine Dyson Daniels and Jose Alvarado sharing a backcourt against the second yeah, minute? I, I think it balances oh. you. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. You're good. Okay, cool. My mic unplugged, so it just it, it went. To let the let uh, yeah. Um, I guess let five go and then yeah. Schmidt will throw yeah. it back to you. I don't know. Uh, 
I think the balance is great, right? You you have this. It, it seems like you you kind of have the six eight guy as a guard. And you also have this five eight guy as a guard. like it. It, it kind of works, and you know when teams try to piggy piggy off of or, or take advantage of Jose's height, which you really can't do, right? It's it's kind of hard to do. Oh, they'll try to post him up. You still have you know on the backside it's a Herb or it's a Trey Murphy, it's right. uh, Larry Nance, it's a possibly Zion. Like you have size around him, so you can't just try to do that. I mean, help size is going to be great, and, and them two, it's all right. Dyson, his shot has to get better. Um, he has to be that either initial creator or the secondary creator um, right. playing sometimes uh, four and three, the, the Draymond type, you know, the, the pick and roll. Hey, I got it. Now I have to go, you know, make a decision, make a, can he make a pull up? Can he, can he get to the rim and finish over a defender? It It's all there. And if you have Herb and Trey in corners, there's space. I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot of options. The, the thing about this pick, we don't need him to come and save us. Right. This is like one of those lottery picks. You know, like we don't need you to, hey, come in and save us. But with this pick, it's very important because we need to maximize it at the same time. Like it needs to be a really good player. If they don't know, you know, if they can't see that, hey, this guy is going to help us win in the next three years, not just seven, the next three years, I think they should, you know, think about some other options as well. Sure, go ahead. Yeah, so uh... – Kind of going back to, to Dyson and Giddy, I think they, they create their offense in different ways. Um, I do think that I, I do think that Dyson is um, embraces contact a little more. Um, he also like has these like weird like shots off of two feet that he likes to do, and he's like got a very good floater. I think his floater game is yeah. very high level uh, for where he's at, and I, I do think he is obviously in a completely different tier as a defensive pro- uh, prospect. Whereas like I think. OKC should be happy if Giddy ever gets to average on on defense. Like they should do victory laps if that happens. Um, whereas Dyson should come into the league again, like Sohan being an impactful defender day one, and I think he has the potential to be one of one of the better perimeter defenders. Maybe not like you know. I think he was a potential to be an all defensive guy just because of sheer versatility and the things that he can do. You can put him on different people, and I think what's attractive to me about him is. He went into that Ignite situation and he had other top prospects next to him who were all also trying to showcase their game and get noticed by the scouts, get noticed by teams and all of that. And he made a name for himself not playing outside of his own game. You know, he he said, you know, he sacrificed his scoring to make it work. So maybe he has a lot more scoring in him that he's capable of that situation didn't provide. But the idea that he can play next to other high-level players or prospects. I'm not going to call, like, these Elite United kids high-level players yet, but, like, the idea that they're, they they have the ball in their hands more than he did um, is very attractive to me because he's going to come into a situation like New Orleans where there are players who are going to have the ball a lot more in his hands. And so if he's able to stand out and make an impact um, because of that, that, that just makes it a really good fit, in my opinion. And and I think I, I see the comments going off with, with Chad yeah. saying like, oh, we shouldn't be drafted role players, but I am with you. We should not be drafted role players. Um, I, I wrote the paper on that. And and so, but I really do think that that Dyson and and Sohan have a lot more than role player upside. And I wouldn't be arguing for them if I didn't feel that way. If I, if I felt like these guys were just gonna like be 
yeah, you know, staying in the corner type of guys, and they can't give you, they can't be the the third best player on the team behind Bi and Zion. I wouldn't argue for them. Go ahead, five. Go ahead. Let's say you want to say something. Yeah, yeah. Put that, pull that yeah. back up. But that young, you, you hear what he said? Trade up for Ivy. <laughs> That's where it stops. It stops <laughs> right there. We're doing this pod to be honest, just for just for y'all. But you already know what we should do. The man's right there. I, the Ferrari's right there. You don't, big Jaden guy. I'm big yeah. Jaden guy. Lead out. You don't go to yep. the you don't go to the dealership and look at look at just the the you know uh, let's just say this I'm trying to oh you about to you about to you about to make fun of Camrys huh you about to be yeah different. that was Camry. yeah <laughs> Camrys about to catch a stray yeah the Camrys are <laughs> they gonna catch it uh, I want to bring this up because this is where I think Sohan and Dyson and I want to bring up Chad I love Chaz by the way shout out for being in the room um we were texting earlier today Dyson Daniels and me and Lito have talked about this to the to the furthest extent you can is you need depth right and i i think that dyson daniels we all know beyond zion aren't going to play 82 you, you just know that is cj even going to play 82 i don't know but dyson's a guy now that like hopefully we can we can play him off the bench and you sub in like a jose Alvarado, be the one so on and so forth and i think with this draft leto is correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like a sohan and a dyson daniels are nba players day one now do we ship them to Birmingham? Maybe so, uh, just to get some run in. But I feel like later on in the season, they can help you out like a Trey Murphy did. Um, and we talk about depth. I think this, these two guys can give you depth and include also Ben Matherin as well, who we're about to talk about. Yeah. Uh, wait, so the question is, are they... Oh, it's not really a question. It's more of a statement. It's just like these two, if, even if you draft these two guys, like I feel like it gives you depth no yeah. matter what on the bench. Like you can I mean, put you can put Dyson behind a CJ McCollum on the depth chart or, or Jose Alvaro slides in the one, then Dyson becomes your point guard off the bench, so on and so forth. That's again, those are things that we need. Depth depth and high IQ depth. Like these these things would be great. And like five said, we don't have an immediate need for you to save us. Right. Foundation is pretty much laid. You know, saying the groundwork is pretty much done. We 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 need solid contributors to come in off the bench, play their role. Like you know, Schmidt was saying about uh, Dyson, he's played with other talent before, so he's okay. You know, playing without the ball, maybe the ball is not in his hands all the time. You know, we need guys like that to come in at this point. Right, I completely agree. And five, we're gonna get into this. This is my guy, Benedict Matherin from Arizona. He's a just a scorer. He's a guy that's gonna. He's a scorer now. He's a defender. No, at eight though. Um, I don't, and I'm definitely get Schmidt's opinion on this too. But throw it to five first. If Matherin and Dyson are both there, who are you going with? Matherin. Why? Why? The, the athleticism. Yeah. Um the the ability to shoot. Like, bro, we've been having this problem for you know, years. I'm just I'm gonna just say the last three years. I'm gonna just say last three. It's probably more than that. But I'm gonna just say specifically the last three years, we cannot shoot the ball. Like, the Boston Celtics had three games this postseason where they made. 20 or more threes just this postseason we've had one we had one all season we had one like we need to be able to shoot the ball i'm not again i'm not saying we need to you know make 23s a game i'm saying we just have to have the ability with zion with brandon gaining all this attention you know we we always talked about um man Devonte graham he's having a seems like he's having a great vacation by the way uh uh like Zion being out there is not going to help him make threes. Right. Like, like, they're already wide open shots. We're just missing them. 
Can we get some guys in that can just make shots? That's what I want. And he's athletic. I think the ability to, to change him into a defender, maybe a 3 and D guy, would be great. Um, you know, just if he wants to put the work in. But, again, Willie has shown, like, yo, if you don't play defense, you're not getting on the court. Right. So, hey, I, but, I, I like that one. But to your point, he's a scorer and he's a shooter. And, uh, Shemit, I want you to answer this question first and go to the Matherin thing because I see this one. It's an interesting one from Andrew Farnsworth. What would it cost to go get Ivy and move up re- to four? Re- realistically, realistically, Sacramento, Sacramento will ask for Trey or Herb in addition to your pick. Realistically. Wow. Man, Sac- Sacramento, bro, it don't make sense. You just traded Halliburton. That makes no sense. That- it was just a hypothetical. I, I think I know, just I know, to I get, in, get into that top four, Wow. I think they would ask that because I do not believe that they are in the business of getting more picks. Because you could offer them, you know, aid and those all those future picks and LA picks and whatnot, and and maybe there's a limit to where that happens. But you know, Vivek Ranadive is breathing down their neck about making the playoffs, and that is why they traded Halliburton, and that is you know why they went and got Sabonis and all that. So there's crazy stuff going on there. There has been for the past twenty years, um, but <laughs> but twenty years. I mean, Go. we're being realistic, right? And, and and I think they would be like, no, we need someone that can contribute now, and that would be Trey or Herb. And to me, I'm telling them to get the hell off. You can say oh, f off too. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, talk, <laughs> there you go. Uh, Bendik Matherin. Now, let's. Um, what are your thoughts on him? So somehow I've been painted as the anti Benedict guy, which is <laughs> sure I'll I'll lean into that role. But like, yeah, I, he's one of my my favorite prospects. My I, I do I do love playing devil advocate with him. And so my question to you is, one, uh, and and I kind of uh, I kind of like had this conversation with Chris. Right, you guys can check out that video. Um, you know, how much does his ability to like not really like create um, or put the ball on the floor concern you? Because I think if you look at guys who've come into the league and like really truly improve their handle in meaningful ways, there's not that many of them. There's really not. You know, I think Paul George is obviously the best example, but that's like outlier level development. Um, even Jalen Brown came into the league who like, you know, Jalen Brown's uh, handle was like on display. This all playoffs was just like pretty bad. Uh, he came into the league. And his year at Cal, he had created most of his shots at the rim. You know, he was it was like he had created over 70% of his looks at the rim. Ben Mathen has been assisted on almost that amount at the rim, right? And part of that's a system, and I and I will acknowledge that. But part of it's like, you know, you, you try to put the ball on the floor, like there's legitimate struggles there. So if his ceiling is athletic guy who can make a lot of threes and potentially turn into a three and D guy, if that's like maybe not let's not say his ceiling, right? Ceiling let's say his median outcome, right, is his – you'd be happy with that outcome. Mm-hmm. Then I look around the league for those guys. Are they tradable? Like, can I go get – can I trade, like, a mid-level first or a bad first? Can I go get that guy? And I think I can. I can go get KCP pretty easily. I can go get Terrence Ross pretty easily. Gary mm-hmm. Trent Jr. was traded pretty easily out of Portland. Norman Powell was just acquired by the Clippers pretty easily, and they got a kick in with Robert Covington. So those type of twos that can like put up a lot of points and score, I feel like I don't want to waste this pick on that guy specifically if I can waste another pick and go bring into that guy, bring that guy into my organization and I can go get someone else that A teams make really, really hard to trade for, or B, like someone I'm just never getting in free agency because this is 
you know, like those guys just don't that like to come to New Orleans. So like that's when I'm looking at it. And I think it's really tough to get those wings, those big size players that do all those like things and then potentially can turn at the scores. Um, and then I'm not going to let you off the hook without talking about um, my boy Usman Jang. I'm not gonna let you off the hook. We want, we're not ending. We're, wait, hold up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you your two minutes. Lead up. I want because you mentioned right, Schmidt. I don't know. We're in win now mode, right? And I, I, I completely agree with your point. But I don't care about really creativity right now. When I got Zion, CJ, Bi, and even Jose can create and all. Okay, like, all I, we're I not in win now mode. We are 39 win team or whatever it was. 10 games under five. I'm not saying, but like we're like I feel like we like. Now's the time, maybe. Like, I, no hold time on. for like, what to time go to win basketball games, or so when maybe yeah, you know, they are going to win basketball games, win a lot win of basketball with, with games, Zion and bi, and then and then eventually there's going to be a shelf life to CJ. There is those guys will will age out, and I want my next guy already in the organization without having to hunt for the oh, next cool. time I can go get a CJ. So so Matherin's not your guy. That's fine. Lito, go ahead, and then five, <laughs> I'll let you go. So, so I was going to say. uh just about Matherin, you know, we talked about it defensively. And honestly, defensively doesn't scare me. Like, because when I looked at, I think he had a, he was 13th best in the Pac-10. And he had like 36 steals or something like that, 16 most in the conference. I mean, it wasn't terrible. It's not great. The thing that scares me is what Shimmer just says about him not being able to create for itself. That, that scares the hell out of me for him. And in the same breath, he mentioned Terrence Ross, who I have as his player comparison. So <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I love, I love, he's crazy athletic. Rest in peace to uh, Eddie Lampkin from TCU, baptized him in that tournament. Rest in peace to him. I mean, he's a, he's a good finisher at the rim. He's a good shooter. He had like, I think he averaged like 2.5 assists for the, for the season. I mean, shit, man, I don't know. I, I was really high on him at one point, and then like wow. I, I really feel like I flipped, I flipped on him. Unbelievable, five. Go ahead. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, listen, listen, listen. If that's the case, let's go get. Can we get? If that's the case, Shemit, can we go get a Terrence Ross? That sure. way, yeah. sure. Yeah. That way, yeah. we sure. can go ahead and with eight and get whoever the hell you. Want I will. I will. You know, I've talked about like you know, I don't love bringing in a guy that's going to take minutes from Trey and, and Herb and all that. But like, if they if they told me tomorrow, all right, yay, we traded we traded Devontae Graham to Washington and a pick or whatever, and got KCP. All right, cool. I got my six six guy or six five guy who can put up threes and defend um, and chase guys around screens. And and to me, if you're talking about win now, that guy has a greater chance of being impactful than, than, than Ben Matherin for the next couple of years. You know exactly what you're getting. So if that's your window, great. Why can't I have my cake and eat it too? I got my win now player and I'm going to go develop the other guy I picked that in. Cool. Hey, look, I'm so glad we're, you know, we're shaking hands on this one, but yes, I just want you to understand we are in win now move. I, I'm, I'm, yo, yeah, yo, man, I'm, I'm disappointed in that. Yeah, go ahead. Yo, I, am, I, am done. I am done with it. I am done with the losing. I, I want the expectation of I want my team to win. I don't want to sit back and be like, oh, we might so, have done it. We might have gotten so, it. So I hear you, and I think they, the players and the coaches, are absolutely trying to win every game, and you're not trying to game, you're not trying to pull any gamesmanship and and you know further any lotto odds or, or whatever. However, I do not believe that this organization is in a state where they can squander assets 
just to win a couple more games. And that's what I mean by they're not in win now mode. They can't operate like they're the Warriors. They can't operate like they are the Lakers. They can't operate like like they're even the Celtics. And and to me, if they go into next year and they become that team, absolutely, you know, you can start thinking about it that way. But this year specifically, give me the high upside player. Go go use one of those other picks that's probably not gonna be good. Like 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 the next year's Lakers swap or whatever. Like maybe you use that. And, and you go get a guy that will help you like win this season and then have a conversation of what this team looks like with Zion's find out what it is and then, you know, op- start operating that way. But w- when you start making those moves just to win a couple more games this season, next season or whatever, you turn into what the Pelicans were in the previous regime. And everybody on here gets on Dell Demps' ass and tells him like, hey, you know, you you were trading pick after pick every year. You were trying to bring in these guys. At least that was swinging for all-star level guys when he was trading those picks for the most part, right? For the most part, he swung, like his big trades were Drew Holiday and, and DeMarcus Cousins. And 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 he was always in conversations about how we're going to get those star players. Sure. But when you start doing that, that limits how good you can be and it shortens your window. And if it, if it miss, if you miss on one of those trades, it really fucks you in the long term. So I, I think they cannot afford to operate like one of those teams yet. Well, I, I, just Justin, before you, before you, no, 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 I was pointing to you. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I think the CJ move is a win now move, right? He got they got, yeah, but they sent one bad pick. They must have a Milwaukee pick. I'm just just referring to like the mind frame of like a win now move. Like he got they got killed in the media. David Griffin got killed for that move. Hey, you're bringing in CJ. You guys are in eleventh place. You, you're just trying to make the play in. Like no, like I'm just saying the mantra. We just we want to win, even if we don't win the fucking chip. Like we want to see a good basketball team, a good product, a great winning team. That's what I mean by win now. Not operate like the Lakers. Not operate sure, sure, like agreed. And and I will always, always be on board at any moment, even if they're in the middle of a rebuild. If they can send picks to get an all-star level player at yes. any time, and I include CJ in that conversation, I will support that move because it you this market is not going to sign all-star level players. It's not. And and I can say that without people trying to try to make something more out of it. That's just the reality. Look at the history of it. They're not going to sign all-star level players. You can get them in the draft, you can trade for them. And I am hundred percent okay sending picks to bring in all-star level guys at any capacity. And when they did that with CJ. Love it. I was arguing for that like since the previous summer. I was like, they should go get CJ if he's really available. And this year, when the next all-star level guy becomes available, I'll do it. So speaking of which, I don't know if you, you guys consider him an all-star level talent. I want to ask your, your, you guys one question about a trade back before we move on to, to a different conversation. If Atlanta calls you tomorrow and they say, give me eight Jackson, Nance, and I think Temple to make the salary work. Eight Jackson, Nance, and Temple – and we'll give you 16 and John Collins. What you saying? Oh, shit. Um, let's say, oh, shit. First. Wait, is this what? Hold on. What, what pick are we through? And like, it, it kind of goes back to who's still available, right? We were talking about that. No, who, no, you don't know who's available. They're calling you tomorrow. <laughs> okay. So this, this is in draft day. Okay. No, they're no, calling no. you tomorrow. Yeah. Hang up. Hang up. Hang up. Hang up. Because, because I don't, for one, I need to know who's available, right? If, if, I, if you're calling me now, that means you're probably going to call me on draft day. You're probably going to call me an, up until that to that point, right? Yeah, because you, you want a guy. Apparently, the, Atlanta wants a guy at eight. There's somebody that they're looking at. They want Dyson. That's no secret. They want Dyson. 
Okay, <laughs> but then cool. Well, if, well, if we have the ability at eight and it's still there, I don't want to give up Larry, to be honest. Larry's actually the guy in my mind. I'm like, I don't really want to give up. I, I'm big on high intellectual basketball players. I was a, I didn't really want to give up on Josh because I was trading. I thought really one for one, but when we got Larry, I was like, all right, well, it makes sense. Like he's a, he's a, he's a pretty smart basketball player. He understood. I thought he was going to help Jackson out a lot. Seems like Jackson just doesn't want to be helped. But that's a story for another day. Um, I like John. I like John the Baptist. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it, it works. It works a lot. Uh, I, man, that's interesting to me. I know. I'm I, probably. I'm probably taking. I think hey, I, I probably talk about win now, man. John Collins Ooh, is a player. Collins is a guy. And 10, but his John, contract, at, he just got paid, correct? He just yeah, got, he got paid. paid, so he's locked in. But next, he's locked in for four for the next four years. For That's everybody, tough. for everybody who believes that Jackson is this, whatever y'all think Jackson is, John Collins is. Yeah. That's what I'm looking at. I'm probably <laughs> taking that. I mean, listen, Eight man. And Sixteen. Sixteen and eight, and shoots thirty-seven percent from deep, and he's eighty percent from the free throw line. I mean, that is—he's only sixteen and eight because they got miles to feed on that team, right? We so, know if he could, he could put up twenty, twenty-five and t- uh, ten if he wanted to. And and Lido, he's that other guy we were talking about depth, right? Say Zion goes down for a couple weeks, Brandingham goes down for a couple. Weeks, you can just put him in, and you don't take you don't. What were we? Schmidt two and seventeen without Brandon Ingram. Yeah, something terrible. Yeah. So Lito, this is what we're talking like, And like yeah, the two depth. wins came like when CJ was there. <laughs> right. Like that's the depth. That's the guy you have to have come off the bench now. He's Lito, great. He's great. No, my bad. My bad, Lito. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. What you no, got? I think he's great in pick a role, right? He's he was great with Trey. Him and him and oh my God. My God. What's fuck? I can't even think of his name. Uh him in a pick a oh. role with, with um Jose would be amazing, right? right? I, I couldn't even think of Jose said, but him and Jose would be crazy. Then you got wings. It it works. It works a lot. Uh fuck, bro. I don't know. I, I probably hang up the first time just to be like, man, no. But call me. Yeah, you call yeah. Me Hello. Hello. That's that's interesting. Um, Schmidt, here's your two minutes of Diang, and then we're gonna uh, close it up. Wait, so before, you do that, before you do that, oh, sorry. Can, can I ask you a question? Yeah, yeah what's up? You feel okay, so my guy, I gotta bring this up because my guy Ivory Clark, he did a mock draft, and in the in a mock, he got the Pels taking Johnny uh, Davis. No, I'm not. I'm not big on him. You know, <laughs> I, I, it's it's not my style of player. Like these guards that are really high usage, but like mediocre efficiency. Um, uh, you know, I think there's a lot to be said about Wisconsin. But they had absolutely no spacing for him, but just. And I think he's a very good rebounder and defensive player, kind of like Josh Hart. But I, I do not buy his scoring upside. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I felt that way about Jalen Suggs uh, when he had all the hype, too. I was like, look, he's a good defensive player. He has all the intangibles. But, like, I just – those guards, if their shot doesn't come along, like, they don't they – don't, they don't impact the game in the same level you want them to, unless they turn into Marcus Smart. And then even Marcus Smart is willing to let like seven threes fly a game. Sometimes you want to like punch him because he does that, but he'll have games where he randomly makes four or five. Right. And they'll like always come at the worst moment. And I don't know. I I have a tough time taking that talent at eight. You know, if this was a a trade back situation specifically with, with Charlotte and there's 13 and 15 and you picked them at 15, or like in this situation, this John Collins situation, you picked him at 16. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm okay 
bringing that guy in, he's probably going to be a good culture fit. But at eight, I'm out. Follow up, follow up, follow up. I'm my bad, Justin. Real quick, Sorry. what do you do in a situation with the, the John Collins trade? What do you do? I do it. I yeah, I I'd, I'd do the trade, and I'd probably pick Jalen Williams or you know Johnny Davis or whatever at at, at sixteen. You you take you you doing it immediately? Yeah, I I think so because you're getting sixteen as well, and to me, you're getting rid of you're getting rid of two contracts, opening up. Oh, I guess you probably not open up that much space. I I don't value Nance like y'all value Nance. I guess I think he's good. I think whoever Chaz is, <laughs> I, I I think he played a very important role for the Pelicans. I think you know they're gonna extend him at a reasonable rate, but I'm not married to the idea of him being the long term guy because I think Herb is eventually gonna take all those minutes and Trey is eventually gonna take all those minutes. So I'm looking for a guy that can give me something else. And John Collins is a guy that gives me something else, brings a different dynamic. Um, and if I'm closing games with John Collins out there, because the one thing that showed me about Atlanta's playoff run is John Collins, even though he know he knew he was about to get paid, he showed me he was willing to put in the 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 do the dirty work. He was willing to go after offensive rebounds, willing to play defense, willing to battle with Julius Randle uh, and the bead, all those other guys. Um, and and Giannis, well, Giannis missed games in that series, but you know, against the Bucks and all that, he he was willing um, to do all of that, and he got paid. And now he's like, you know, he doesn't really want to play with Trey Young. I get it, um, but <laughs> I can close games with John Collins and and Zion and Bi Herb and Trey. I can do that. Yeah, I don't That's... need a guard out there. Bi and Zion can handle that. And then I got size. I got rim protection. Um, I got rebounding, like y'all were asking for. Um, and I will never have an issue shooting. I mean, a score. I'll never have an issue scoring the ball with that unit. Never. Interesting. No, that's that's a. That's a and and it just gives right me now. like a natural transition to where like I can slowly start playing Jonas less minutes, and I got more Jonas insurance because right now, like you said, it's sketchy behind Jonas and, and Zion right now. Those two guys yeah. go down. Like that's it's, the depth it's part. Sketchy. It's sketchy. You need that guy. So I've been saying like. Uh, you need like a John Collins. I'm glad you brought him up because you need a John Collins on the bench to be able to plug and play. Like you got to have one of those plug and play guys. Um, that's something the Pelicans haven't had five. The only thing really is you time. would have to convince him like you're going to be a bench player. You got your money. You're not in Atlanta anymore. Do those guys, if you and, get the minutes, does it, does it necessarily And matter? if you close games. Yeah, I don't know. But like I think, you know, we're all human at the end of the day. Some sure. guy value the label starter because you you, you – what was it? Who was it? Mello for the longest time didn't want to come off the bench, right? Even though it was yeah. man, you talking about Mello though, like but Mello had the history, right? He had yeah. the he had the accolades, he had yeah. the and and all of that. But I'm talking about this other guys small like with, with a different caliber than 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 Mello that also have felt that way. They're like, Oh, I'm not you know coming off the bench. Man, um listen, Collins, his, especially money. Yeah, I'm he, saying he got his too. money, he's paid. So like at this point, bro, like just you know, you're on a team. You're on, you're on a winning team. Even if you started, it wouldn't be like you're right. gonna you're guaranteed an all star spot right. or you're guaranteed an all defensive spot. Like, bro, this you is, get this is so, where I would ask if I could have a conversation with him before the trade, and I would get him on the phone with Willie, and let Willie do his thing. Because if 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 those two talk and Willie can get through to him and be like, look, this is what it's gonna be, and you'll close games for us and all that, and you might even start them, um, depending on who goes down. Then and he buys into that. I'm all. I'm all in. Like, Shabir, what, trigger, 
We're done. <laughs> What's the possibility of this scenario? Because I feel like you've thought about it a lot. What's the possibility? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, specifically with regards to the Pelicans, I wouldn't like you know put it higher than like say trading back with OKC. Um, I do know that the Atlanta's calling everybody in this pick range, and they're dangling John Collins trying to make stuff happen. So like they've definitely had lots of conversations with Portland, specifically with seven um about this and and i know they've been calling i know they've called the pels and i know they've been calling other teams in the in the five through through nine range interesting yeah uh you're gonna hate me i don't think we get to to your dang uh yang two minute rant we'll we'll get to it though um i do want to draft them and we're gonna have plenty of time to talk about them then it's all good (laughs) so we go five Lido and schmidt five thursday night what's happening Uh, nah, man. Uh, <laughs> hell, I don't know. I just hope we get a. I hope we get a good basketball player that's that can help us win. Uh, like currently, I I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the of the you know you know send a guy to Birmingham to bring him back. Like I'm really not a big fan of that. But if if that does happen, I hope something on the back end happens where we we bring in another veteran like a like a Terrence Ross. If, if we can do something like that, that'll feel, that'll make me feel a lot better than than just you know picking Ben Matherin or, or Dyson or Sohan. Hopefully, just not Sohan at eight. Uh, but if we if we do one of those things, I just hope something else on the back end happens for for us to um, for us to uh, continue. But I also want to say before we, before we continue, um, Draymond said something uh, after the, after the finals about like new media, right? Uh, I think that's very very important. Um, when we start talking basketball, like people just want to learn about basketball. Like you don't have to do the, do the fucking, you know, Oh my God, this person's dating expert, like all, all that stuff. No, man, we just want to talk basketball. Like that's why when I watch ESPN, I, I kind of hate it sometimes. Like they don't just talk about the sport. You look at a program like NFL live, they really just talk about the sport. I, I just hope that we continue to do this. When we start talking, we always just talk about, the game of basketball and how we can help our team win. So I, I just wanted to bring that up. I'm glad you said that because that was a good point. Lito, Thursday night, Pelicans selecting eighth. What you got? Hold on. Before I answer that, uh, Fab, are you okay with a guy being drafted three years ago and going to Birmingham every year since? <laughs> are you good with that? Lito. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I was, it was just a question. It was just a question. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't want to do that again. We're I don't want to do that again. I thought we were going to go ahead. <laughs> um, honestly, from just gauging the temperature on, like, how I see Griff and Trajan like particular guys, I think it's either going to be Sohan or Dyson, honestly. I, I can't tell you which, but I just feel like it's going to be between those two. Interesting. Yep. Schmidt, come on. Yeah, so I think if Dyson's on the board, he's the pick. No questions asked. I... I'm suspecting that he won't be on the board. I think he is probably going to go top seven. And in that case, it's, I'm telling you, you didn't give me my segment. It's going to be Sohan or it's going to be Jang. It's going to be one of those two players. And, and okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll put a caveat in there. If Matherin's there, he probably gets picked. Um, but, you know, with, with Matherin, he hasn't worked out for the Pelicans. They have not been able to bring him in. His camp feels that they can – Go higher. Is that a big deal, though? A lot of people have blown it up. Is that a big deal? 
I don't think it is. I don't think it's prevented teams from drafting players before. Mm-hmm. But um, if they feel that he can go higher and he does go higher, then then you're looking at those two guys I mentioned. It's it's Sohan or it's Jang, and it all depends on who's on the board where at 12 um, or 8. And, and that's that's what I'm looking at. Maybe something surprises me. Maybe they, they, they end up doing the deal with Washington or Charlotte for like 10 or 13. I can't see something getting done with the Knicks, um, especially because like there should be no incentive to help the Knicks in any capacity. Uh, <laughs> but but I can't see that happening. So so the three trade back teams I've been looking for is Washington, most likely OKC or Charlotte. But if nothing's there, I think they just pick their guy at eight even if it's a quote unquote reach and that's it. Um, are they probably, I think in the second round, they're probably going to sell one of those picks like 51 or whatever. They're probably going to sell that pick because they know like they probably get someone who they really like undrafted um, as opposed to 51. And so they can have their cake and eat it too. Five, I'm going to sign off with this. You know, you mentioned earlier before we started um, trading back, who would have to be on the, who would have to be off the board for you to trade back eight. Like who would have to be off the board? Everyone is off the board here. And then you have to, you're saying, fuck this. I'm trading it. I don't know. Uh, I know it's I tough. Know. It's, yeah. I, I don't like know. for I don't instance, like. just say Daniels Matherin and um, Sohan's. We'll just say Sohan's there. Daniels and Matherin are not there. I must, I think I'll trade back. I think I'll try to trade back to 10. Um, and just because get I just KCP, <laughs> get if, KCP. If, that, that's if, your dude right there. You can get Tan and KCP, send Devonte, whatever. That's a that's a deal, right? That's that's a deal for me. I I, I do that. I, I actually like that one a lot. I, I would do that in, a, in pretty pretty much in a heartbeat if that's the case. If that's the best case scenario, I think that's probably like a B grade for the Pelicans, uh, draft wise. I think that's Le- a, okay. Lito, same question. Those yeah. you know, Mather and Daniels are off the board. Uh, you got Sohan at eight, or you can trade back. What you doing? Um, I think I fuck. Uh, I guess Sharp would be gone too, right? Would Shaden be? Yeah, so technically, be the yeah. That's right. We're still we're still there. So if go, I'm sorry. Sharp would be gone. Sharp's gonna be gone. Well, that's the thing is, if Matherin and Dyson are off the board, then either Sharp or Keegan. Are, are on the board, and if it's Keegan, I think the Pels just pick him, like no questions asked. But if it's Sharp, that's when those trade back scenarios are happening. I'm talking about. Okay. I'm about Keegan. If Keegan's there, like I wouldn't be mad at that either. But uh, I mean, if Shamik could give me another trade, like <laughs> give me another trade like that, then can you also throw uh, can you throw Rui in that trade with KCP, and you know what I'm saying? I- That'd be interesting. I mean, you give me John. I'm now a big John Collins fan. So two things I want is a John Collins fan club, and then we're gonna make their shirts uh, tomorrow. Five of uh, Fred Vincent shooting. He's a really cool that. dude. I sat courtside um, at the Hawks game, and I was sitting right next to their bench, and I was on the baseline, and Collins was right like at the end next to me, and there was a like a family like also adjacent to me, but like little kids and the whole game, like when he wasn't playing, he spent time just like interacting with like this. The kids must've been like two or three years old, just like hanging out with them, like playing games and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, that's a really cool dude. Like he definitely seems like someone I'd want on my team. He gets it. Yeah. Gets it. 
Anything else? Final remarks, anybody? Bring, oh, bring Kevin Herter too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kevin Herter five. Uh, nah, man. Happy Father's Day. Uh, also, happy Juneteenth, man. Um, yeah, that's a big day. You know, Justin, you got a kid. I got kids. You know what I'm saying? Father's out there. Y'all stand up. You know, Lito got some kids out there. He don't yeah. know about that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. oh, thanks day. for saying that, Five. Glad that. Yeah. Um, sure. Anything else? No, I appreciate y'all. I'm excited. Um, I don't know if this is a good place to to announce, but I will be going to Brooklyn to cover the draft. Ooh. I am officially officially credentialed to do so. Come so, on, man. Uh, status. I love it. There we hopefully, go. hopefully uh, we get some good stuff out of it. I'm glad you mentioned that, Schmidt, because we are going to go live uh, after the pick is done. So we will be live. Hopefully, I know you'll be busy. Maybe we can get to you um, in Brooklyn. Uh, to give us a live report, but we will be live uh, Thursday night. I know um, Chris Connor will be doing a live spaces uh, on YouTube, and I know we'll be checking in with a lot of people, so make sure you join that as well. Uh, it's five, Schmidt, Lido. Appreciate y'all guys. Thanks for pulling up. Once again, if you're watching here, if you like and subscribe to the channel, it helps us out a bunch. Make sure you share it. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I think five's got his handle there. Lido does not have his handle there. Just draft a good player. <laughs> Maybe you should change that. That should do a, uh, and then obviously follow pro Talk on Instagram or Twitter. All right, guys, take care. Peace. Way. It was a finger roll of anything. <laughs> that, that, that's a dunk.